All right. You guys ready? Indeed. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to... uh... It'll be great. It'll be perfect. Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. I'm going to be real with you, and I don't care if I get fined. Put the train is off the track. <laughs> Who doesn't love the bounce castle? <laughs> Hitler. Just prepare to. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be a wash and unbeatable goodness. Welcome Pacers fans, you were listening to the Undebeatables, your semi-weekly Pacers podcast. Today is July 19th, 2020, and this is episode 459. This show, we're going to discuss uh, the update to the Pacers' return to the NBA, uh, Victor Oladipo's status, and um, we're going to get a healthcare update in the WNBA. Joining me are all three of our analysts, coast to coast, like buttered toast. First, from the nation's capital, Washington, D.C., it's the doctor, Jason Triplett. What is up, Pacers fans? What is up, Undebeatables? Sad shout-out this week to the late, great John Lewis, who passed away uh, Mm -hmm. yesterday. Uh, Pancreatic cancer. Just one of the civil rights icons. Um, You know, there's books written about, about him. You know, he's been through a lot, seen a lot of stuff. Uh, and was at his advanced stage out there marching uh, with the Black Lives Matter protesters in June, like, you know, fighting till the day he dies. So uh, you will be missed, sir. Shout out. Shout out. From Indianapolis, Indiana, he's our in-house bartender mixing up the drinks in the crappy jingles, John Colson. What is up, Pacer Nation? Uh, shout out this week to... Bobby Sick Leonard, who um, had a birthday this last week. Uh, on the 17th, he turned 88 years old. And, nice. um, wow. yeah. Shout out. Uh, getting old ain't for uh, wusses. Uh, we wish him health and uh, stay safe. Uh, also, it's thirsty whatever day, so drink up. You've earned it. <laughs> and... From Boise, Idaho, out west, it's our enforcer, John Harper. What's going on, fellas? I'd like to shout out uh, Marco Rubio and Alaska Senator, his name's Dan Hamilton. Only took them <clears throat> two tries to get John Lewis's picture right on their Twitter feeds. Ooh. So, nice <laughs> work. <laughs> shout out. Ooh. Uh, before we get into the show, we'd like to remind you, if you'd like to support us, <laughs> you can... Uh, can we link to that? Is it? <laughs> sure. If you want to support us, you can uh, uh, shop on our Amazon link. It's in the show notes, or go to theunabeatables.com slash Amazon. Uh, kicks a few bucks back to us. I missed I missed the the link. What, uh, what did they post instead of uh, a good picture of him? Elijah Cummings, in both cases. What? Yeah. They do look somewhat alike, but both of these guys, like, 
had been at events with John Lewis. They were senators, for God's sakes. It's not good. Dope. Dope. And, uh, yeah, it was Dan Sullivan in Alaska. I'd apologize for getting his name wrong, but <laughs> <laughs> the irony would just be too thick. <laughs> <laughs> <the enemy. laughs> I think he lost that, uh, that right. Exactly. I think that the undebeatable is... Colson, you figured out Twitter now. I did, yeah. You should start tweeting uh, about Marco Rubio, but put the wrong picture up like multiple times in a row. <laughs> yeah. Tw- Twitter is idea. on top of it. Don't worry. Okay, they've already done that. <laughs> <laughs> there's been... Uh, Colson, there's there's new a new... Uh, uh, just like you, a new member on Twitter. It's a Stan Van Gundy. Yeah. And apparently, uh, well, this, I'm sorry, this may not shock you, but uh, he's hilarious. So getting him out in front of the world is a, is a good thing. I heard he's making up for lost time, too. Like, he yeah. like, already has, like, 300 tweets or something. Yeah, he's, uh, he's talking trash to the people who need it. <laughs> so good for him. So you, uh, maybe, you guys, maybe you guys go to the same uh, Twitter, uh, uh, Twitter 100 classes. <laughs> I'll follow him, and I'm sure he won't follow me. It'll be great. Maybe, maybe he will. Just tell him you're new to Twitter too, and then you'll probably be friends. <laughs> uh, all right, so you know we we spent a, a hefty portion of our last show uh, lamenting the the loss of Victor Oladipo for uh, the, the return of the the whatever the, the asterisk season. Um, and then I start seeing reports that uh, you know he's uh, he's waffling on on whether he's not coming back. So he said he said he was his body was trending in the right direction. Colson, you're that's a Twitter term. You're you, you know what that means. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm all up. Yeah, what's up with that man? I thought he was done. So it's actually kind of an interesting situation. He's caught in a, a larger conversation. So. Um, he uh, went down to um, Orlando with the team um, to practice uh, and to support his team. And um, the NBA said, well, if you're going down there, uh, you were playing at the end of the season. If you're going down there with the team, um, we're going to consider you healthy. And uh, if you don't play, you don't make any money. Um, you don't get the, the $3 million for, for playing in, in this uh this sort of condensed event. Um, and so uh, some have speculated uh, that this is money driven, uh, but the Pacers as an organization have already said that they're willing to pay him the money no matter what. Um, I don't know how that will work out with the league. Um, but you're right, Joe. He has said that he is um, starting to feel really good. He's been practicing with the team and um, is thinking there's a chance he's going to play. And so this, this, uh, basically turned right after we put out our last pod. Um, and I wanted to, to read what he said because I think it's pretty interesting and pretty fair. Um, Oladipo's quote is, At the end of the day, back then I made a decision that was best for my career. Is that wrong for me to do? I don't think so. Coming here, reassessing it, being able to have the resource to play against these guys at a high level, go out there and see where my knee's at, see how my knee is progressing with a heavy load, and then making a decision there's a possibility I might play. I'm going to try it out. Why is that wrong for me to do? I'm definitely trying to play. There's no definite answer, but I'm trending upward. 
And then I think this is the most revealing thing. It's been a tough couple of years, obviously. And I'm trying to be smart because I want to play the next 10 years. So, I mean, I think, you know, we talked last week about this being an odd injury for his age. And there wasn't a lot of history with this, um, with a, a basketball player coming back from this successfully. Um, he spent a ton of time um, rehabbing and trying to make this better. And, you know, for him to, to live with that, think about it, and worry about busting up his knee again and then ruining the rest of his career, this is a huge decision for him. And, um, you know, I think we were fair about that last week, but it was, you know, him saying it, I thought, oh, of course, of course, this is very fair for you to decide uh, to, to not play. Um, what I think is interesting and positive is that he feels very comfortable, at least right now, at least that's what he's saying. I'm sure the guys are rooting on. I'm sure the guys are saying, hey, we'd love you to play. I'm sure there's a little bit of peer pressure. I mean, maybe even just from a leader standpoint, uh, if I'm playing well, I want to be able to do it on the floor and not just in practice. And, um, you know, I support either decision he makes, but, uh, you know, the news coming out of Orlando is, is very positive. I mean, he's definitely toying with my emotions now, right? Oh, he's doing that. What was, what was the purpose of this announcement? <laughs> yeah. No, that, that, and that was the thing, right? He, he, did he get backed into a corner by a reporter or something? Because we talked about how, like, it came as a surprise to the, uh, to the organization and they were upset and all this stuff. And it's definitely hurting our feelings. And now he's like, well, I might play. <laughs> and you're like, what? <laughs> Don't give me hope, Oladipo. Yeah. I mean – Ultimately, yeah, you're right. I mean, we, you know, we'll understand whatever decision that he makes, but I, you know, I, I'm not a huge fan of the waffling. It's not a huge surprise that he gets down there, starts playing some five on five and wants to play basketball. The dude loves basketball. It's not like a yeah, huge secret, right? Right, right. Of course he wants and he, to play. And he's good at basketball he's too. He's super good, right? <laughs> so I don't know that it's not a super big surprise. I just, you know, on some level, it'd be nice if his PR guy got with him and like, until we have something to say, let's just not say anything. Right. Yeah, just for my say own anything nice. Health, yeah. Can't say anything nice. Don't say anything at all. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But my confusion from all of this comes from why is the NBA button in and telling what the Pacers or any organization can do as far as paying their players? If with this, I, I mean, I guess I understand that they don't want players to come down there, especially super duper stars, and say, eh. I sort of assess this, I'm not going to play now, or whatever, right? Like, they're trying to maximize their product on the floor and, you know, get as much interest as possible. But what if the Lakers, after four of these seeding games, have already clinched first position, and they're like, yeah, we're just going to rest LeBron. We don't want to risk him for the playoffs. Like, are they going to then go tell the Lakers that, oh, you shouldn't give him four games worth yeah, of salary. He's a healthy scratch. Like, like so what the F? <laughs> we're going to pro-rate yeah. him. Yeah, exactly. That's what I don't understand. Is I mean, the NBA is in a weird position, right? I mean, I, I think on some level they, you know, they have to make decisions about, you know, who has to be paid and who doesn't. But they didn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like they had to weigh in publicly, at least. Right. And I mean, I guess... We'll get to it when we talk about um, the WNBA in a second, but there had to have been a process, right? There was a deadline by which players had to, like, 
notify the NBA that I am planning to opt out of the uh, Orlando bubble campus situation for, you know, health concerns or social justice reasons or I'm injured at this point, so I'm not going to make the trip down there. And we passed that deadline. Oladipo didn't submit any paperwork that said I'm opting out. He indeed traveled down with the team. I feel like that is enough. Like you're taking the risk of putting yourself in the in the he bubble. He's definitely doing that. And He's taking the COVID with risk. People. Yeah. Right, exactly. And so and, and the injury and, risk. Right, and the organization. Kudos to the Pacers, by the way, who all along have said, "Yeah, we were going to pay him no matter what." Like, yeah. he's our this is our guy. Like. If you're coming down to the bubble with us yeah we got your back no problem um so yeah so i i feel like this is a big kerfuffle that was sort of much ado about nothing right like the nba made something made it made this into something that didn't even need to be a story well like i feel like they could have just yeah, I, I agree with that, except that, you know, they did, you know, if you didn't want to come to the bubble because of health concerns or social justice concerns or if your, you know, wife's having a baby or whatever, whatever reason you chose not to go down there, you don't get paid, right? They made that clear, right? right? Sure. But now that now that Oladipo's down there, now they're like, oh, gosh, we've got to draw a line because we can't let a bunch of people just say, I'm not going to play now that I've come down here and we still have to pay them, right? So they're trying to make use Oladipo as a as a statement or you know they're firing a warning shot to the rest of the league I mean maybe that's why it's a story maybe on purpose right so you you don't just go down there and go ah now that I'm down here I'm not feeling super healthy so so their position is it's not okay if a player chooses to not play but if the team say the team say the Pacers organization had come out and said we're bringing Oladipo down. We want him to do five-on-five five practices. He may or may not play, but we're going to evaluate him when we get down. Which is essentially what s- happened, right? Right, and then the Pacers said, no, we we as an organization are going to hold him out. I see. Would the, would the NBA come down on the organization and say, no, you have to play this player? Well, and maybe that's how it plays out, right? I mean, maybe the Pacers go, we're not comfortable with this, and then it solves the whole problem. Maybe. I don't know. You're right, though. You're right, though. There's a difference between the team's decision and the player's decision, right? I mean, that's that's how the NBA is saying it, at least. I mean, it has this real vibe of, and again, we'll get to this with the WNBA situation. It has this real vibe of, like, we are you are privileged to play in this NBA bubble, and we are mandating that you play because you chose to come down here. And to me, that's I, – I, I guess I am sympathetic with the fact that they want their superstars to play. It's been a horrible season. They want to get as much interest and eyeballs on the TV as they can and make, as mu- make up as much revenue as they possibly can. Like, that makes sense. But it's a fight that they don't need to pick. Right. Like – And on some level, I'm sympathetic to, you know, we spend a lot of time and energy creating this safe space bubble – People who aren't going to come down here and play, we don't want the added risk, right? It's a liability that we don't want. Either. Sure. I'm sympathetic sure. to that. But again, I, like this just wasn't like something that they needed to, to do for any you know, compelling legal reason, it doesn't seem like. So especially yeah. with our team saying, hey, we just want to pay him, right? So I don't it, – it, it, it just – it does seem like just sort of a 
you know, pointless PR blunder, which is out of character for the NBA. But I mean, were they getting pressure from other owners that were like afraid that their players might do the same thing? And that's why, like, I don't know because ultimately it's not like the NBA is paying these guys salary. So like, right. Why would the NBA as an organization care? Right. Uh, Do the lawyers care? Do they see this as a loophole? And they're I mean, worried about for the, sure care. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Colson, if I understand this right, you know, it's sort of broad terms. Uh, Oladipo's, you know, said, I'm coming, to, you know, basically like he's not sure. If he, he's basically essentially like hedging his bets saying, you know, probably don't feel good enough to play. I'm going to go down, practice anyway, support, be there, support my guys. Right. And then. Uh, he's expecting to be paid because you know he's not going to play for an injury. He's and part the of the NBA, team. He gets paid. Uh, if, if if we weren't in the bubble, he'd get paid while right. injured. Then the NBA says, "Hey, you're not going to get paid unless you play." And then, he, then he's just like, "You know what? We actually maybe uh, trend it up." Yeah, I do think that there is some of that reading out there. I I tend to not believe that. I think I think he always had the plan to go out and play and practice and be there. And I think, you know, you can imagine being by yourself or being with a trainer, um, being in your own headspace, not actually playing five on five, worrying about the rest of your career. I mean, we're all sitting inside thinking too much about the future, right? Like I can just, and then I can see him getting down there um, with the camaraderie of the guys, seeing the hope in their eyes, seeing how excited they are. Um, And then you get on the floor and you're, I mean, maybe you're dominating. Maybe you're maybe you're great, and your knee is feeling good. And it's like, yeah, a week ago I said I'm definitely out. He didn't say he was definitely out. He said he was probably not going to play. And then that changes. And you know, if he hadn't come out a week ago, you know, this would just this wouldn't even be news, right? Um, because we always knew he was going to make a decision once he tested his knee. Um, I just think he's excited to be playing basketball because he loves playing basketball, and I think he loves his team and he loves his guys. And uh, and if he's if he truly feels like um, he's not going to hurt himself, injure himself, um, and risk the rest of his career, I think he's going to play basketball. Well, to to throw a little devil's advocate to this, like if he goes and plays the first game, and you know after his first shift on the floor, after the first game, he's just like, yeah, I'm not up for it. He's still gonna get his money, right? Like he, the sure. NBA can't at that point. They can't say anything to him, right? Like he went. My out there. knee's sore. It's inflamed. I'm you worried about make, for the risk. You can't right. make an injured player play for so, sure. Um, but I that's mean, the bizarre part of this, right? It seems like Oladipo is essentially saying my knee's not ready, and the NBA is saying, "Well, but it looks from the outside like maybe you're okay, right?" I, that's kind of the weird right. thing that the NBA is doing, right? Like. This isn't some doctor evaluation that they're getting into. This is totally extra, like outside of the normal process. Yeah, it's it's uh, sort of like a a Twitter view on what his health is. (laughs) It seems like, like, (laughs) and that's what the NBA is taking as fact. Yeah, it seems super reckless. You're right, Harper. I mean, three million dollars is a lot of money. I get it. Like, I could see that weighing on somebody's mind. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he makes twenty say, million dollars yeah. a year. I mean, you know. Well, yeah, but three million dollars is just a lot of money. <laughs> oh, it's I agree. A lot of money, agree. and it's like, what? What is that? Fifteen percent of his uh, sure salary? Like, if you took fifteen percent of my salary away, I'd I'd be like, 
Yeah, maybe I'll come to work tomorrow. The the other thing I was going to say is that you know both things can be true, and there's nothing wrong with that. 100%. Like, sure, he could have gotten down there and been like, "Yeah, my knee's feeling a little bit better," and then this kerfuffle about the NBA, and he's like. Yeah, you know, maybe it is even like feeling. Maybe I will play. You know, yeah. just to, like if this is a risk that I'm gonna lose three million dollars or something like that. Sure, I'll step on the court. Yeah, sure. If, if he if he's making that 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 uh, weighing that three million dollars versus right now versus the, his career, the future of his career, right? That that's gonna help him make that decision, right? Like if he's sure. like, I really think that if I play for this three million dollars, I'm going to lose the next ten years of my career. He's not gonna do it. But right. if he's going, exactly. you know, eh, I feel pretty good. I'll take the $3 million and also don't think I'm risking that next 10 years. Then, right. you know, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about calculated risk. For sure. Yeah. But again, that takes me back to this was not like necessarily a great PR move from the Oladipo camp, right? Like suggesting right. that you're healthy in contradiction to what you had said previously doesn't necessarily help your cause. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Regardless Hope of the fact any- that the Pacers are going to do what they're going to do, right? which is the right thing to do. No. This is maybe everybody's just out of practice and like, <laughs> dealing with the press and like PR and like all the uh, PR guys like, are at home in their underwear. Like, do whatever you want. I'm not putting yeah, on pants as long as I don't have to put on pants. You can do it. <laughs> yeah, those um, guys are out of practice too. Even the PR guys, you know, they haven't been fighting. You know, they haven't been spinning stuff. Like, sure. Yeah, maybe they're emailing, you know, they, they, they're confused. They're working remotely, so, you know, they sent the wrong file. Right. Yeah. The statement yeah. to make. Right. Sarcasm maybe never s- comes through an email, you know. Yeah, that's right. That's maybe, right. You know, maybe they got sent out of order. Maybe the, the uh, maybe these were supposed to be flip-flopped, and uh, <laughs> exactly. Oladipo didn't get that. Oh, I see. Sure. He was supposed to say he was ready and then say he was out? Yeah, he was he yeah, was healthy, and then he was hurt. Uh, sure. Yeah. yeah. But now he's got to, now, now he's going to. Somebody sent it to his AOL account. He only checks it once a month, you know. Yeah. Uh, maybe they couldn't, like, get somebody unmuted off Zoom, so they just tried to read his lips, you know. They had the, they had the closed captioning going, and it didn't quite get it right. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, internet cut out for a bit. Yeah. yeah, but otherwise it sounds like the team is doing some good stuff down there. Like, you know, obviously Oladipo playing well, that's a great sign, right? Um Brogdon's playing in a mask somehow. I don't understand how that works. Well, but. so he tested positive for uh, Corona uh, COVID nineteen, and sure. uh, so he said he's doing that for um, he's and he's uh, tested uh, cleanly or whatever. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I'm to be clear, that was in like June, yeah. early June, yeah, 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 yeah. late June, yeah. right. And so um, he's now um, cleared to play, um, but he wants to do it for the comfort level of his uh, teammates. Um, and uh, apparently his teammates are all saying it's fine. We're, we don't care. But I think he's saying, you know, they're going to say that anyway. So I'm just going to wear this um, for all the scrimmages until gameplay starts. And uh, apparently it's helping his conditioning because because <laughs> it's harder to breathe. Having, you know, having to work under a mask, uh, I can tell you it, it does make things harder. So Sure. So when, when we tip off August 1 against Philly, Brogdon's just going to be yeah, like it's like the equivalent of everywhere. a batting donut for your respiratory system. So he is uh, Brogdon came out and uh, he said um, 
everything is, uh, chemistry is everything in this league. Everybody has talent, but it's the teams that play well together that win games. It's going to be important for us to get these reps on the court in practices and scrimmages, and then we'll have to figure it out when the games start. Okay, so what he's, what he's referring to is that um, the starting five has played very few minutes together this season because of Oladipo's injuries and Brogdon's injuries. Um, yeah, 242 but, minutes for Brogdon and Oladipo together. Yeah, it's yeah. not a lot. So he's basically saying, like, look, you know, the chemistry is going to help and we don't have any chemistry. But then he came out and said, which I appreciate, followed up that statement by saying, we have guys who are low ego, low maintenance, who want to win collectively, and that's going to be our advantage. Which sure, but I mean, <laughs> sometimes we we've seen with our no ego team occasionally that guys just aren't like aggressive enough jacking up shots, right? They're sure they're mm. too unselfish at times, right? Yeah. So I don't know. It I, I, look, I love our team. I wouldn't trade them. You know, I wouldn't trade that part of our personality for anything but it does have its own drawbacks yeah yeah but i mean the reality is that if oladipo's out there then holiday is probably in the starting lineup and he doesn't have a lot of chemistry with the front starting five years starting other four yeah we just don't have a 10-man rote that's played a ton of minutes together gonna be what it's gonna be i mean you know you spent the first half of the season with jeremy lamb in the starting lineup you know and then we tried to put him to the bench and then he got injured and i mean we're just we've been we've we've yet to have like real um minutes logged with five guys i mean i think the closest you can get is probably that bench right um the bench of uh Sorry, you're McConnell. Yeah, and uh, Justin. Yeah, Justin Holiday, Aaron Holiday, T.J. McConnell, and uh, uh, McBuckets. Yeah, those four guys. Um, With the bonus, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If Oladipo's and, out, McBuckets is going to be integral to our success. So, yeah, yeah. Well, Gay. I do sort of agree. Like when you read that quote, I mean, I guess. It's been a long time since I thought about basketball, so I wasn't even thinking about basketball chemistry on the floor. And I do get the sense that, like, he was talking more about, like, this team has exhibited throughout this year, like, a um, a willingness to stay in the fight. And, like, they don't give up on games, you know? Like, they just keep plugging away and playing hard, and, like, that wins a lot of ball games. And so I think that will, hopefully... Um, be a, a benefit to this team or whatever i'm assuming that they'll, they'll have the same resilience and again i think that you know we talked last week about how uh, players and to some extent teams that are intrinsically motivated and are just trying to play the best basketball at any given moment um are going to be the types of people that succeed you know like there's not going to be a crowd there. So like, you're not going to get playoff Rondo like performances from these guys <laughs> that need that juice from the crowd or whatever. Right. So sure. maybe that's a good thing for us as well. Well, um, you know, uh, I think it was TJ Warren who came out and said, uh, he was absolutely shocked by how in shape everybody was. Um, mm-hmm. he just didn't expect everybody to come so ready to play. Um, and he says the practices have been, um, far better than he expected. 
um, which is a good sign. And then, um, except from for Nate, TJ Warren, except for him, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Maybe they didn't need TJ. Like, 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 he was just getting Grubhub sent to his house every day. <laughs> He's trying to think of, you know, like ice cream on pizza or whatever. Just, yeah. Um, uh, but uh, Nate McMillan says, I know it's just practice, but I really like what I've seen from Miles. I see a maturity from him, a guy who's confident with what he's doing out there. He's been showing growth. It really started, I would say, about December. He started to get a feel for playing the four on offense and the five on defense. He's figured out where his offense is going to come from and how he can help the team. He's been really good. I really like what I'm seeing uh, in this restart from Miles. And then Malcolm Brogdon added, he looks as good as, I've, as he's ever looked since I've been here, shooting the ball extremely well, playing with confidence. When he goes out there and decides what he's going to do, no one actually stops him. He's talented. He's versatile. He looks very, very good. Nice. So I like that. Those, those are things that didn't have to be said. Um, that means he's impressing uh, in, in practice. Um, and, and, and really, this, this whole year for Miles has been about an adjustment. You know, uh, and we talked about how well he plays when – uh, Sabonis isn't on the floor. He plays that center position. He understands how to play that. That's what he's figured out how to do. And and he really struggled this season. We talked a lot uh, when we had when we used to talk about a season about how much Miles was struggling in his new role, and and whether the Miles Turner Sabonis pairing in the front court was going to work. And and I always felt like it was it was more of a mental jump for him than than a physical one because he's able to do all those things. Um, he's he's got the skills to be a four on offense and a five on on defense. Um, and if he took that if he took these four months to to kind of figure it out, maybe not on the floor but mentally and emotionally, um, you know, a lot of basketball is about confidence and about knowing where you're supposed to be, and um, you know, this is very encouraging words from from McMillan and, and uh, Brogdon. So his emotional PER is really high right now? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, after the – so there were ten games after the All-Star break, and he had upped his rebounds from six and a half to eight and a half, you know. Um, he was averaging three and a half blocks a game in those ten games, you know. His his true shooting percentage and three percent shooting was down, but, like, again, that's – I think it's about finding his place – on the floor and being open and shooting with confidence. And if, you know, if he's going to be able to do that, um, we're an incredibly dangerous team. So let's hope that uh, Oladipo comes back healthy. Uh, Miles Turner has, you know, adjusted something in his headspace and, and everybody else comes out and plays like they were playing. We're going to be a really tough out. Yeah, it's definitely fantastic news. I mean, Miles is a key to the success of this team, right? And, we definitely ask him to do a lot of things without getting a lot of the glory. So yeah. Um, well, and, and Nate said that all season. You know, we, we've asked the most from Miles. You know, right. Out of all of this, I do wonder that like these press clippings, like no coach or player is going to come out and be like, you know, who's really sucking it up? Yeah. Uh, T.J. McConnell. Man, this guy really regressed on us. <laughs> <laughs> T.J. Warren clearly was eating the ice cream pizza. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> but they didn't have to praise uh, Miles that way. Sure. You know, I mean, that's, that's the thing. True. That's what I, I got out of that, right? Like, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So let's go Pacers. Yeah. I mean, actually, we got, um, before we go to like break here or whatever, there's scrimmages coming up this week. I think there's like uh, Thursday. 23rd? Yeah, the 23rd, I believe. Scrimmage against the uh, vaunted Portland Trailblazers. It's Will at 3.30. Have... Are we going to be able to watch this game? Do you guys know? Uh, the Pacers.com is streaming it. Ah. Yes. So the scrimmages cool. will be streamed by the Pacers. Okay. Yeah. But it will not be on television. They. I don't know if they're going to do it on radio either, but it's going to be streamed. Okay, gotcha. And then all the other games, it looks like, will be on Fox Sports Indiana. Yes. With a couple of them, one on TNT and one on NBA TV. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I, I do think they said that um, Chris and Quinn would be uh, doing the play-by-play on the on the streaming. No. Solid. Well, they got to get back into game shape. Yeah. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. they got to scrimmage up. <laughs> yeah, so we got scrimmage Thursday. Uh Against the Blazers, and then Sunday against the Mavs. One of those is home, and one of those is away. <laughs> but they're both at HP Fieldhouse. So. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna say we're going one and one this week. <laughs> okay. Are they keeping score? It's a scrimmage. <laughs> I don't know if they keep score. I think they keep score. <laughs> I heard they're shortening the quarters potentially too. So. Oh, well, I think shortening the quarters helps the Pacers uh, because of uh, Brogdon's uh, better lung health. He can do more of a sprint thing. Well, he could I do a longer Is that endurance? He could, yeah, I guess he could do both. Really, he's just superhuman yeah. at this point. Right. Yeah. I think I think the Pacers are going to sweep this week. Uh, they'll they'll I think they'll beat the Blazers uh, probably. I'm guessing because. Uh, there will be some unmarked uh, individuals <laughs> that will descend on the court and uh, apprehend some of the Blazers uh, with no information after that. Yeah, sounds right. And there's nothing in the NBA rule books about subbing in somebody if they become apprehended mm-hmm. during a contest. Yeah, you definitely get to choose who shoots the free throws in that situation. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, choose that guy over there with no name tag. <laughs> Um, I'm starting to think that uh, for the for the long term, I, I I would look at you. We talked last week about how the Philly um, has the easiest schedule, and uh, Miami has one of the hardest, maybe the hardest. Um, and so there was a chance for us to maybe get to the fourth seed or the fifth seed. I'm thinking let's just stay in the sixth seed, play Boston. Um, beat them, and then we can avoid Milwaukee until the uh, Eastern Conference Finals by beating Toronto, I guess. I'm just trying to extend our postseason. I mean, just here. from a strategy perspective, I'd say whoever we play, we should beat them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's a really solid plan. Do you have more information on that strategy? <laughs> to learn more about this. We know Nate listens to the show, so if you could give us some, flesh it out a little bit more. I'll work on that. Yeah, because we are we play the Heat like twice in these seeding games, and then I don't, like it's just a lot of Heat in you know. It's a lot of Jimmy Butler, uh, T.J. Warren beef that's going to be all exactly. the news. 
Because they really don't like each other. No, they don't. They really Does wanted to fight like outside the arena. What's that? <laughs> I don't think so. Did you hear about how he was uh, playing <laughs> basketball at like 3 in the morning in his uh, hotel room and they called security yeah. on him? I was just going to... Uh, apparently the, the snitch hotline got used against Jimmy Butler because he was in f- like full warm-up gear at 3 a.m. dribbling a ball in his room. Uh. <laughs> I mean, he's not a likable guy. I'm sorry. If I were, look, if I were sleeping in the, the hotel room below him and there was just basketball dribbling, <laughs> like, I'm a pretty patient person, but, like, I think I might call the snitch hotline on that. Here's a quote. Sources told me, uh, this is from uh, Chris Hayes, um, Sources told me that the security guard went over to investigate, found the room, and found Jimmy Butler drenched in sweat with practice gear on from head to toe. He was dribbling a basketball throughout his room the whole time. Jeez, it's Jimmy. Just give the guy a key to the gym, for Christ's sake. Right. Uh, Did you hear the conspiracy theory that he, he snitched on himself? Ooh, I like that. For the PR, because he's always working. Right. That's a good idea. <laughs> I think that's just a conspiracy theory, theory, but I like it. Those are in these days. I'm in. <laughs> he wasn't drenching. He, he just put his warm-up on and jumped in the shower. And like... Poured a bucket of water on his head. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Well done, Jimmy Butler. Exactly. Uh, what's uh, Dwight, Dwight Howard talking about? Uh, well, he got the snitch line called on him for uh, not wearing a mask. Mm. He doesn't believe in masks. He doesn't believe in them as, the, as though they don't exist correct. in the universe. Yeah, fake, fake news. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or he's or he doesn't believe that he needs to wear one. It's unclear. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't know that going down that road is a fruitful conversation. <laughs> Um, so, uh, how does his team feel about that? I guess, the, you know. I t- they might have used the snitch hotline. It's not clear. <laughs> you think LeBron has the snitch hotline on, on speed dial right now? It could be. Siri, you know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> snitch on Dwight Howard. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's take a quick break, and we'll be back with my stat of the week in an undegooglable Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get your uh, WNBA in the next half, too. Oh, yeah. Sounds good.
start off the second half with my stat of the week. Joey, stat of the week! This this stat is uh, this stat's a, a bit of a downer, uh, but I think it's important. Uh, this stat is a phone number, and it's the phone number uh, for the National Suicide Prevention Hot Lifeline. Uh, it's 800-273-8255, but I lost... Uh, uh, one of my gaming friends I get to see at, uh, you know, I get to see at gaming conventions. I just found out uh, today that he had, uh, he had taken his life. Um, and uh, there is a lot of outpouring uh, of, you know, um, sort of, you know, all the things you see, sadness and, and support. Um, but, uh, you know, the one thing that... Uh, uh, Everybody who's around afterwards wants is is for people to get help if they need it. Um, you know, everyone that's that's still there wants those people to. Um, you know, there's there's help for the problems that they have. Um, so, um, if you if you need help, there's people out there. It's free. People want to help you. Um, take advantage of of the resources that are out there for you. Um, depression is an incredibly uh, isolating thing, and we're also in an incredibly isolated time. And um, uh, I'm sorry, Joe. Uh, yeah. Can you give us the stat of the week one more time? Yeah, it's 800-273-8255. There's a very uh, friendly, happy to help you, free, uh, trained resources uh, that can help you, uh, you know, get get pointed in a better direction uh if you've got if you've even got an inkling that you you, you might want to talk to somebody uh give, give that line a call sorry mate yeah all right let's on to some uh some other other things um jason you sent over a, an article this week that uh I, I thought was quite interesting um the, the WNBA is also uh entering the bubble and uh uh, Elena Deladonna, uh, she's she's uh, compromised. But what did the WNBA tell her when she didn't want to go down? Similar to the, what the NBA ostensibly told Oladipo, better get down here and play. It's on. Yeah, this is um, a weird story I've been following because uh, Elena Deladon, reigning MVP of the WNBA plays for the, the hometown Washington mystics, the reigning champion Washington mystics mystics, mind you shout out. Um, so the, the WNBA went through a similar process to the NBA as far as, uh, folks could, uh, opt out of, uh, playing in the, the bubble if they had health concerns, although they couldn't just opt out and say, I'm concerned. I don't want to play. They had to, 
submit some sort of justification for why they were particularly um, at risk. And this, this justification was reviewed uh, in a case-by-case basis by a, a panel of doctors. I think it was three doctors agreed upon by the league and the Players Association. And so Deladon uh, submitted an application and said, you know, a, I've been a true soldier for this, for the WNBA for years, and I don't want to risk my health because I think I'm high risk for COVID because I have Lyme disease. I have chronic Lyme disease. She takes like 64 pills a day or something like that to like manage this disorder, uh, has been doing so for years. Um, however, Lyme disease is not considered by the CDC to put a person in the high risk category. So the WNBA denied her request and said, you need to come down and play basketball. And so Deladon is basically having an open fight with the WNBA and saying, this is wrong. Like this is super duper wrong. Like, um, and I agree with her and I, um, you know, just want to, work through that with you guys or whatever yeah. and, and well let's just figure out why this is <laughs> it's a super strange story i mean it seems like like the wnba um kathy engelbert and the wnba are trying to draw a line in the sand right mm-hmm. uh, in fact the mystics uh their coach and gm mike Thibault, you can correct me on the pronunciation if you like um have said that basically they're going to pay her uh, uh, in addition to the Lyme disease, she's also recovering from back surgery from the herniated yeah. discs she was playing with during the finals that she played through in the finals <laughs> to help her team win a championship. I mean, it's just bizarre. Land. It really is. The other thing about Deladon is so lots of NBA, lots of WNBA <clears throat> players spend their off seasons um, playing for European teams or Chinese teams because they, they can make money. more money. Yeah. Um, in fact, several players have just outright left the WNBA and said, I'm just like, I think Tarasi just straight up was like, yeah, I'm going to go play in Russia because mm. I can make more money. Uh, Deladon, on the other hand, has not only opted not to play in these other leagues and thereby saving her body um, for the WNBA season because she has a... Um, a sister that has special needs that she helps take care of in the off season or whatever. Right. So she has, um, through throughout her career sort of put her body and, uh, uh, earnings potential to the side to, and supported the WNBA and really has believed in having a strong professional women's basketball league in the, in the, in the United States and then they can't like there's no they can't come up with an exception for this like I don't understand yeah. I don't know just to, just real briefly to put some numbers behind this um, so after three seasons uh, in the WNBA uh, <clears throat> the league minimum for uh, players is fifty six thousand dollars a year um, and the max you can make as a WNBA player is one hundred and seventeen thousand dollars a year um, and so league, league average is about 80,000, 79, 80,000. I thought that she was slated to make 215. 
Oh, okay. Maybe that was maybe, I think they maybe that's a couple years. A, that might be a couple years old information. A CBA this oh. past season, which was actually a pretty good CBA. Okay. Okay, good. Of, okay, um, good. Player empowerment and stuff. <clears throat> that's right. So last year, the, in 2019, it was 117,500 and 2020 it's 215,000. Yeah. Okay. So, so it, it just changed. It it doubled what you could make as a right. max essentially. Almost, yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, that is under the leadership of Kathy Engelbert, their commissioner. Um, so, you know, not all bad there. But it's just a strange story, right? Tybalt at least told the media that in order to pay Deladon, which they've said they're going to do, she had to make a statement. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, why would they want this in the media? It's just, it's, it's a confusing mess of stuff. Like, and again, it seems like a self-inflicted PR would. I don't understand the motivation behind any of it, uh, especially, I mean, for a player of her caliber, yes, but for any player, right? And, sure. you know, yeah. 150 grand, it's not nothing, but, you know, it's not like it's LeBron James who can hire 18 lawyers to go fight the league, right? It's not right. that right. kind of money. Right. <clears throat> right. <clears throat> the uh, NBA minimum is uh, nearly $600,000 a year. And that's um, not enough to fight the the NBA, by the way. <laughs> for, for sure, for sure. Definitely not. You hire a fleet of lawyers, that doesn't pay them. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, and I mean, I, yeah, I don't know what the guidelines were for this medical panel that sort of looked at these data, but like part of the application that Deladon submitted was included, you know, a letter, extensive letter, and, um, you know, probably revealing details about her uh, personal medical history and in this doctor's, her doctor's opinion, who's been treating her for like a decade or some, more, was like, yeah, no, this is not worth the risk. Like, mm-hmm. why would she do this, basically? And other doctors did not confer with this. I, or uh, concur, I guess, with this decision. Uh, I, I know a couple... Or confer. Or confer. Right. They may not have conferred with one. I, I know a couple people just uh, not uh, super close, but, uh, you know, friends of friends that have Lyme disease, and it's absolutely crippling. And I don't know what it does to lung capacity and how that would interact with COVID by any means, but um, it's a t- terrible thing to to, ha- to live with. Um, mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine that, that there are three doctors reading this being like, oh, it's fine. That's just crazy to me. And, you know, this will end up being a fine ending for, you know, Deladon. I mean, amongst other things, her team is, her team at least is aware of the sacrifices she made playing through so much pain in the finals. Um, but mm-hmm. again, the, in, the WNBA probably aware of that. This is a line that they're drawn in the sand to affect other players, right? They're saying it doesn't matter who you are. If our doctors say you're good to go, you're playing, right? Which even right, our MVP just, right, is a yeah. problematic message at best uh, in twenty nine or in twenty twenty, right? Right. Yeah. For sure. Like, I mean, again, like both the NBA and the WNBA probably even more so need all of their superstars, you know, to draw a crowd and maximize as much advertising revenue as they can. But like, you don't want to like cut off your nose to spite your face. Like think about this in longer terms. The world is not going to end. Well, who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Careful there. Knock on wood. Like there's going to be a 2021 season of the WNBA. Right. Like, and, you know, see beyond 
this. Yeah, and I also, I, I kind of disagree. I mean, there were, it was only a couple months ago that we were recommending people watch, like, marble races on YouTube. Like, I mean, there, there's a real sense that people will watch basketball. Like, yes, you need... For sure. I mean, yes, to have your superstars helps, but, like, people are starving for entertainment. And, you know, are we going to watch... Uh, the G League in droves right now? Maybe not, but if you call it the WNBA, I think people are going to watch. And, like, um, you've got to care about, yeah, you're right, the product overall. Like, if if, if this um, ends up sacrificing your best player in the process, was it worth it? You know? Look, first of all, don't sleep on marble races, okay? They're yeah, really are fun. Go, no, they're a great. a lot of hours gambling on marble races. <laughs> oh, gambling on them. I've definitely watched a lot of them, but I should have been uh, texting with you. I didn't know I could get some money. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Do you, like, read the cheat sheets of the marbles' previous races, like how they did in the past five races? And yeah, sure. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Green's got heavy marbles or whatever. <laughs> but also, I mean, you're already in a league that has all these issues about you know, uh, being marginalized, right? Mm-hmm. And, right. Yep. you know, t- t- it, you know, I, everything shouldn't come down to money, but it's one thing to ask some dude making $30 million a year to make some sacrifices for his $30 million. It's, a, it's It's another ball of wax to make somebody who's already underpaid to make a bunch of sacrifices, um, right. you know, when they don't even really have the legitimate power to, you know, fight you if it did come to court of law. It's, it's, just, it's just not a good look at all. And Agreed, I, right. You know, I want fans to know and pay attention, but I also want the WNBA to succeed. So (laughs) I don't know. And this is the kind of thing that's going to harm that effort, right? For sure. For sure. Which is, yeah. Why taking a longer view sometimes is, is (laughs) the better way to do things. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see how this proceeds. Like, um, it seems like Deladon is not going to play, right? Like she's no, she's like, not. Yeah, she I'm should go in there. No, she should not. Um, yeah. And the was or the, not the Wizards, the Mystics will pay her, and her teammates have her back, and like so. Hopefully, it'll all yeah. be okay. Yeah. I mean, hopefully, we just don't hear about ten other cases of people and you know, right similar exactly. situations that the league decides they don't have to pay. Or what she could do is uh, uh, she could go play professional basketball in a country that's uh, contained the coronavirus uh, better than we have. Sure. Yep. Yeah. Uh, also an option. And probably make more money in the process. Not Russia, though. Don't go, don't don't go, go to Russia. That's, that's a high-risk environment. Uh, many, Australia many here is great right now. Yeah. New Zealand, I think, is in a good spot. Sure. I don't know what they pay, though. They pay you in Kiwis. <laughs> it's, the, it's the kiwi to dollar the bird not the fruit mm-hmm. oh mm-hmm. okay yeah. that's that's even worse or is oh, it I, better no, i think that's better <laughs> yeah kiwi meat <laughs> Black market. yikes you need a nice roast kiwi with mm. the it's the spot it's a real delicacy with some kiwi maybe <laughs> On the side. Side of kiwi. Oh, yeah. With a a kiwi uh, drizzle sauce. Mm, mm. (laughs) Compote. A kiwi compote on the side. Uh, Double kiwi drizzle was the name of a band in high school. Yeah. Gross. (laughs) Mine was kiwi three ways. 
Uh, hey, um, to change the subject, um, <laughs> from from three ways and key ways. <laughs> from, from the, from the is, you know, Colson, you assigned me uh, to, re- to you're you're, getting, you're putting together a, uh, a clip show, and you assigned me to listen to some episodes from a couple seasons back. And yeah. this episode has turned as many corners as that 2018 <laughs> <laughs> Baser Squad. Every game was a new corner. Uh, you know, maybe in like four years when I get to the uh, the clip show, this one, this the whole episode will just be the clip show. Who knows? Yep. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, do do we have a undegoogable this week? We do. What you got for us? Um, so uh, a couple months back, a buddy of mine sent me a text, uh, and he used the term "souped up." Um, spelled mm. it. S O U P E D dash up, um, as in soup. And I, my entire life, had thought souped up meant uh, supered up. So it was S U P E R E D, sort of a shortening of that, souped up. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you want a souped up car, it'd be supered up. And then I thought to myself, maybe my entire life has been a lie. And maybe I don't know. <laughs> I feel like you think that after every text gets sent to you. <laughs> and so my question this week is, is it souped up as in supered up or souped up as in the uh, lovely uh, meal of soup? I don't know, the hot beverage. It can be cold as well. So this is why it's hard for me. <laughs> um uh, I also want to get a timeline from when it came out and, uh, you know, an origin, as we do on the Undergoogles. So does anybody have a, a, a thought on whether it's souped up or souped up? It's definitely souped up. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I'm with you. I always thought that it was souped, S-U-P-E-D, I guess. Yeah, the way that I S-U-P-E-D, yeah. It. But I do feel like I've seen it written in books or something like that as like uh, as S O U P. I don't. It, it, that's not a clear memory though. Well, so. but so this is what got me. Like, so I've had some time to think about it, and I started wondering whether souped up meant like prepared for a meal. You know, so like I ate my soup, and now I'm like so souped I'm up for the entree. Up. Yeah. And, like, maybe that was what sort of got me hyped. I got us <laughs> souped up for the, for the entree. Who, who likes soup that much? I like I soup. I love soup. I'm a big soup fan. Yeah, so it would be, like, akin to being buttered up. Hmm. Oh, I was thinking more like, um, like Popeye eating spinach. Like, I'm just, I'm souped up. I'm ready to go. Well, I mean, I know that's what it means, but I'm saying, <laughs> like, the derivation may Oh, I see. Sure, like, etymology. Sure, sure, yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess my reading of souped up was soup is especially probably historically it was probably just broth, right? Sure. Oh yeah. Yeah, Super boiled. It's 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 boiling down uh, meat bones essentially. Right. Or vegetable bones. Well, I mean, (laughs) that was when stupid vegetarians came along. It's always been meat bones, Joey. Just deal with it. There were definitely always when you bones, go to, that much we know. There's, there's, 
But my thought was that, you know, because soup probably considered a fairly boring thing, if you could make soup tasty, you had souped it up. Oh, okay. So like adding okay. vegetables like Joey suggests or <laughs> or There's some of these baking spices. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Exactly. Some fresh uh, jalapenos or something. Mm-hmm. You you're souping up your soup. Yes, you're improving upon an existing thing. Okay, so you really souped up that broth. Yeah. You took it from the broth to a soup. To soup, dish. yeah, because otherwise you're just drinking soup. That's pretty right. good, Harper. I like it. Yeah. I like that. You basically made broth into soup. You souped it up. Now, I will say that that's going to make your timeline much harder. The other one would have been like, oh, sometime during the Industrial Revolution, right? Now you're like, Shh, medieval France? Like, <laughs> I don't right. know what we got right. now. Well, no, so I was actually wondering. So, so the other idea that as you were talking about this is uh, – what about if you've created soup for uh, people um, like during the Great Depression and you give out soup and then you've like souped up those people? So like you've souped up the homeless yeah. people. I don't I mean like the only like uh, nouns that I've heard being modified by souped up are like engines mm-hmm. or like yeah. mechanical type things. Yeah. So – that makes me think that it's like goes back to like wartime or something like that. World War One, World War Two, or something like that. And it's a real S- similar suit. timeline like super, to the Great maybe Depression. Is starting to get like <laughs> Superman mm-hmm. is okay. You know, sure has come about right. So like maybe that's in when the is Superman? Nineteen twenties, something like that. Ish. Yeah. yeah. Maybe even earlier. I don't know. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, GIs are saying, man, this is a real souped up tank we got here like okay i don't know sure this is like the you know car i had back home but it's supered up and then it just gets souped up it could also just come straight up from like supercharger okay yeah it's true i I, my my inclination is that it has nothing to do with the the food or uh beverage as you call it uh (laughs) cole said i drink a good Uh, soup there, you can drink a good soup, but it's just not a beverage. It's just yeah. not. No, I don't fair. make the rules. <laughs> I just okay. I just enforce them. Yeah. So what's your line between beverage and soup then, right? So if I'm drinking Chewing. tea versus... Well, no, but like if I'm drinking a broth versus a, a tea, you would call a broth a soup and tea a beverage. I'd call a broth a broth. Okay, what about a, like a miso soup? Like I, I can drink that. That's food. That's That's... But it's just is, it's just essentially broth, right? But so I, what's the difference I, between that and hot tea? I'm, I'm not that wrong. All I'm saying is, Joey, just get off my back, all right? All the way off my back about this. It wasn't that big of a <laughs> slip of the tongue, all right? <laughs> wow, wow, wow! I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> Clearly, you will be. I'm just fighting back a little bit. My point was, uh, whenever... Soup's a beverage! Okay. (laughs) Uh, And we have a title. I think it has nothing to do with food. uh, It is entirely... uh, (laughs) We got him. (laughs) (laughs) We got Mercury Golson. Okay, guys. 
Uh, I think it's entirely, entirely uh, super or uh, supercharger down that vein. And I guess, um, you know, when that when that word came about, um, that I don't know. So let's. I'm gonna throw out. Mm, I feel like this is like the '50s or something. Yeah, 19. <coughs> When did when did things when did things start becoming super? I think in the I I think in the twenties. When did they stop becoming super? Also, <laughs> I think re- recently. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I I like uh, the the derivation of of super um, being not American though. Well, do you have a? So you're saying not America? Do you have a uh, potential country no, of origin? No, no. Uh, the uh, Europe. Yeah. So I do remember in. Um, well, actually, this would have been just. So in French, you said "super sweat," which meant like super cool. Um, yeah, but, but the like French that was steal just all our stuff, man. They were stealing that from English. I understand that. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, I'm wondering if. Um, I don't know. I just feel like it's too easy for us to have come up with the word. It's just, it's never that easy. I'm going to say it's uh, Bavarian. Uh, I'm going to say Americans own slang. Okay. All right. Yeah, there's, I'm going to, I'm going to go real hard against your uh, Bavarian. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to take the field against Bavaria. <laughs> I bet it all on not <laughs> Alright, so what do we have on super and then souped up and then soup in general? Is it a so, beverage? <laughs> I'm gonna guess superchargers were probably the twenties or thirties when they became when people started putting them into cars, right? We souped up your car, right. And that's well, and that, I, mean, I agree with yeah, yeah, when like Ferrari started souping up cars, right, 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 right. right. Like, yeah. And then you would have done that in fifties car culture, but like I think the phrase is out there before that. <clears throat> okay, what do we got? Uh, souped up like the uh, beverage is the <laughs> 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 correct spelling. Okay, okay. According to uh, whatever this is. So my friend either had it auto-corrected or actually knew how to spell it. Oh, man. That's what you're saying. <laughs> it's freaking horse racing. No, it's not. Souped up predates the invention of superchargers yeah. and initially referred to any horse that had been ejected with something to increase its speed. Yeah, uh, in <laughs> one of the definitions of soup in some dictionary, I forget where this is. I don't know. It's uh, any material injected into a horse with a view to changing its speed or temperament. From Webster, nineteen eleven. So, uh, what would that be? Like liquid cocaine? Like what are we? What are we injecting horses with to make them run faster? Lots of liquid concoctions of drugs, performance enhancing or otherwise, have been referred to as soup. So has nitroglycerin. Mm. In the early part of the 20th century. So we this got. This is uh, com, where I'm getting this information. Um, 
So we got the timeline right, right? I mean, we're... It seems like in the 20s is when it started coming out. And it definitely refers to a lot to, like, engines or whatever, which I guess comes quickly from... Uh, yeah. Horse I mean, power. On, racing, right? on some level, car racing replaced horse racing. Right, right. right. Oh, so wow. we're, we're, Daimler we're received sh- a German patent for supercharging an internal combustion engine in 1885. Renault patented a centrifugal supercharger in France in 1902. So superchargers are older than I thought, apparently. So um, <clears throat> is what I'm hearing is that we basically were, were, were we cheating in these horse races with this or was this allowed? To, to inject them allowed. with soup. I don't think that was allowed. Okay. Were there rules in early horse racing? I feel like it was all like sure. mafia run weirdness back then, right? I'm not finding a lot about... Other than the fact that giving a horse soup... Uh, yeah, like whether or not it was like actual drugs or just like a really good... Broth. You know, vegetable bone broth. Because <laughs> you know? I keep referring to nitroglycerin, but nitroglycerin, that's the thing that's used in car engines, right? To Or no, that's nitrous. You've been watching uh, too many Fast and Furious. I guess so, well, Maybe yeah. not enough. <laughs> the early history of horse doping is unclear, although according to Euripides... Yeah, that Euripides. In like 450 BC, some horses were fed Ooh. human flesh to make them faster Ooh. and more savage. Ooh. <laughs> uh, according to Urban Dictionary, Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, souped up means to get you uh, extremely drunk uh, or something or someone extremely ugly. <clears throat> As in your grandma's Cadillac is souped up, bro. Team, I gotta get I gotta get running here, but I do want to give you one more definition from Urban Dictionary. Yeah. While we're while we're here, uh, and the word is himbo. And the definition is a generally a large, a broad, tall, or buff, attractive man who tends to not be very bright, uh, but usually extremely nice and respectful. So essentially, it's the male version of a bimbo. I like it. Oh, the it's old himbo. himbo. I'll take it. Uh, and I'm seeing here that the uh, back to horses. It was definitely drugs being injected into the racehorses. Yeah, it looks like. Yeah. Hungry, hungry himbo. Wrap <laughs> <laughs> it up. all right team we got to get running here but uh, i'd like to thank everybody for hanging out with us uh you can find us on all the social medias Uh, we're on facebook.com slash the indebutables you can find uh colson tweeting at john cole uh, and uh the the, all the indebutables at uh, on twitter at undebutables um you can uh, send us an email, shout out at theunbeatables.com. And on our website, there's a contact form there. You can send us a message that way as well. Uh, we've got t shirts for sale, too. For our once and always coach, 
Bobby Sick Leonard, who just had a birthday. Turn out the lights, the party's over. 88 years old he is. 88 years young. No, that's, that's the right way to do it. <laughs> Depends on the day. Uh, I'm 41 yeah, years right. old. <laughs> uh, today is, is, is much closer to that. <laughs> Did you guys see the, you know, there's been players here and there that, uh, you know, that are having to drop out because, uh, you know, they get, they get sick and they got to you know, get sent home or whatever. The one to me that was the most, that was the saddest was uh, Michael Beasley. Um, he, you know, he'd been away from the game for so long, and then he finally, he, he, you know, gets signed to come back and play. Uh, I think he was with the Nets, and then, and then he gets, to, I think, gets down there, gets tested, and then he gets sent right back home. How long has this been? How long has he been out of the league? Five years? Mm, been that long? I don't think it's been that long, has it? I feel like he pops up for like half a season or something like that. So. Um, why did they just send him home? Don't you get quarantined for two weeks? Or if... Oh, they were like, you're uh, not very you're, good. You're so. Michael Beasley. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm just going to send you home. And it's the yeah, Nets. He, he played 26 games for the Lakers in the 18-19 season. Okay. So okay. That was just last year. Okay. That seems like a decade ago. <laughs> right. Oh, man. <laughs> 